Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand this morning? Come on, let's give God a cheer. He's good. Come on, He's good. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. God bless you. Welcome to River Valley Church and uh, excited to see you and your family if you're joining us online. Amen. God bless you. We just appreciate you joining us today. How many just think about what every once in a while you think about what the Lord is doing in your life? And uh, I was thinking about this this morning, wanted to share this right up front, but uh, wanted to just thank the Lord, first of all, for uh, our youth ministry and our youth pastors, youth leaders, amen, Michael and Ashley, and uh, just thank you so much for that, and want to just encourage you, can you pray for our youth group, pray for our youth, and, and uh, that God will give them uh, just really the resources and the opportunities to reach uh, kids in this area and this community, and uh, so we're, we're excited about how God wants to use and move on teenagers in this valley. Amen. How many believe that our teenagers on a lost cause, God has a great call on their life? Amen. And, and uh, God's got great plans for them. And so we want to see the Jeremiah's and the Isaiah's and, uh, and, uh, in our day, in our generation. So I encourage you to pray for them. Stop by uh, just the, uh, <clears throat> the center there. And um, they usually, I don't know if they have snacks or whatever, but they'll probably have to have it this week because I'm saying something about it. Anyways, but uh, just stop by every once in a while and just check out what the Lord's doing on Thursday night at uh, 7 o'clock at the OC. And, uh, you know, you'll be surprised. You'll be amazed what God's doing there at the Outreach Center. How many have uh, teenagers in the youth group? Let me see your hand. Come on, you got teens there. And, uh, and so we're excited about God um, doing great things. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, you know, I was able to say that what, just not too long ago, wow, yeah, our kids are in youth group now, and I'm getting ready to say our kids are getting ready maybe to be out of youth group. We're, we're getting that old. So, um, But, you know, how many believe, and we say this a lot, uh, really, in Christian circles, amen, how many believe that Jesus is the great shepherd? Amen. I believe he's the great shepherd, amen, of our soul. How many believe that he's the great physician? I believe that Jesus is the great physician. But, you know, I was thinking about something the other day. Jesus is the great horticulturist. <laughs> He's the great gardener in our lives. Come on, come on somebody. He knows exactly what to plant, when to plant it, and what to do, how to prune it. Amen. How many know he's the great horticulturist, amen, in our lives? He's the great, amen, one that knows exactly what season we're in, what to do, amen. And aren't you glad for that? He, he watches over our life and makes sure that we're growing according to his will and his purposes. And so sometimes you just need to say, Lord, thank you for growing me. Amen. How many know there's like, like a good gardener, amen, he can use things that stink, <laughs> And use it as fertilizer and turn it around for our growth. Amen? Come on. So you may be going through some things and you say, man, this really stinks. Well, how many know God can turn it around for his glory? God can use it for growth. God can use it for, amen, fertilizer in your life. I like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there's a lot of things in our lives you say, man, this really stinks what I'm going through. Anybody? Come on. And, uh, but maybe you're going through some really good things and you're the one that's really singing all the time. That's great, but for the rest of us, God's growing us. Is that right? Amen. And so we're excited about that. This morning, I just wanted to uh, share, and I don't know really how long the series will be at this point and what God's doing, because um, in October, we have our Harvest Festival there coming up at the OC and some other things, and we're excited about that. So, you know, just trying to be sensitive to what the Lord has for us and what He wants to speak to our congregation. But today, I just wanted to really talk and share my heart on God's call to ministry. Amen. God's call to ministry. In, first, in 2 Timothy, let's read there. If you have your Bible or your device, <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
verse 9. I'm reading this one out of the NIV. Then we're going to turn to Romans. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says this, and he's talking about the power of God. He's talking about God himself. And he said, Who hath saved us? God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Amen. He has called us with a holy calling, amen, before the world began. Began. In Romans chapter 8, if you turn there, verse 28, very familiar passage of Scripture. Paul says this, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then he says this, Moreover, whom He did predestinate, he also called, and who he called, he also justified, and who justified, he also glorified. How many know that God has called us to ministry? How many know there is a call to ministry? Amen. How many believe that Jesus was called to ministry? Right? Jesus was called to be our high priest. Jesus came to the earth to, uh, to lay his life down as that ultimate sacrifice. He came and he fulfilled his call as the high priest. Did you know that? Jesus came to be our prophet and he fulfilled that call. Jesus came to be the great teacher and he fulfilled that call. How many know the call of God was on Jesus' life to lay his life down for us completely? How many believe that? Aren't you glad that Jesus answered the call of God in his life? Aren't you glad that at a young age, even at 12, he was so uh, passionate about his father's will that he, it, just, it just led him to the cross? I mean, he didn't let anything in his life distract him from the call of God in his life. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad that Jesus answered the call to lay his life down for our salvation, our redemption. Amen. But you know, as a kid, I always looked at so many of the Bible figures, and, and I looked at the Bible heroes, and, and we talked about, you know, we talk about Abraham and Moses and Noah, and we talk about David and how he was called and anointed. Abraham was called, and uh, you know, all these people in the Bible. One of my favorite is Josiah. I love how God called him and used him, and uh, Gideon. You know, and then we go into the New Testament. The disciples are called of God and used of God, and the Apostle Paul. How many? How many had little, even literally, Bible figures? You ever have? those little Bible figures? How many ever thought to yourself, why does every Bible figure have a robe and a staff? Even, even the women, right? They had staff. I don't know. Anyways, so I mean, you know, and I love those things. I love those stories and I love those things. In Sunday school, we would hear about how God would call somebody and gave him an awesome call. And I mean, Moses, you know, took up on, on the mountain and, and he said, there's going to be a huge revival in Egypt and you're the evangelist and I'm calling you back to Egypt. Man, that was a great call. On his life, wasn't it? Amen. We look at the call of God all through the Bible figures and all through the Bible and all through the stories. And, and Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the heroes of faith. And, and we look at that, how God called them. And we look and say, God, would you call me? Are you calling me to ministry? Are you calling me uh, to, to walk you know, and do these amazing things uh, with you and for you? How many have ever said, Lord, uh, you know, what are you calling me to? You know, I mean, I felt that call as a kid. I felt like God was calling me to ministry. I felt like the Lord was putting in my life you know, something about ministry. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew that the Lord was calling me to ministry. How many believe that God calls us to ministry? Amen. Yes, He does. And I've heard people say that there's a call of God on my life. And you've said it, and I know some of you have sat there and said, I just feel that God's called me 
to ministry. There's a call of God on my life, and I, I know God's calling me. And as a young man, I would actually have like dreams and visions about the Lord calling me like he was off in a doorway somewhere, off in a distance, and he was calling my name, and I just felt the tug of, of, of God in my life as a young age. And, and I remember those feelings, and I remember those times around the altar at youth camp and how God would call, and every once in a while God would speak over my life. You're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and you're going to do all these things. And I didn't know how it would play out, um, but God calls us to ministry. Now let me just say this. When I say this and I talk about this, here's what we think of. We think of ministry positions or a full-time ministry. But I, how many know God calls you to full life ministry no matter who you are? <laughs> Amen. Is that right? Some of you thought I was just going to talk about being a preacher today. Amen. But you know, there, there's a, there, there's, I want to just bring out this, that there is really God's call to ministry is the fact that, that God calls everyone. Everyone is called of God. Everyone has a ministry. And some of us have a ministry, it looks different things, different ways. We, we go and we move in that ministry in different ways, but every single one of us are called to the ministry of God. Can I hear a better amen? amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. Everyone is called of God. Do you believe that God has called you before the foundation of the world? Do you, are you convinced that, that God has called you, whoever you are, wherever you're at in your life right now, that before time began, God called you to ministry? A little bit better. But maybe by the end of this, everyone will agree. Amen. And so I thought about, Lord, what is the call to ministry. I believe that, number one, you've got to talk about the heart of ministry. If you're going to talk about the call of God and the call, of, call to ministry, you've got to talk about the heart of ministry and what the call of God is all about. And so I just want to share with you one thing out of three, but I just want to leave you today with this one. But there's three things really that are the heart of ministry. Number one, the call to worship. That is the heart of ministry. The call to fellowship and the call to work. That is the heart of ministry. Let me just talk to you today about the call to worship because I think again in our minds we get like okay well it has to be the ministry of God that God's called me to means that I need to stand behind a pulpit or I need to stand with a mic in my hand or I need to lead a group or I need to be a pastor or I need to be in charge of a ministry and I need to have my own ministry but I think that we westernize that too much. I think that when we think about the call of God, we, we, we have such mindsets that we limit ourselves to what the Bible really says is the call of God. And then we don't even realize that we are living in the call of God, moving in the call of God without even thinking about it. <laughs> Amen. I, I'm going to say it again. Everyone is called by God. Everyone has been given a ministry by God. Amen. I didn't even know I was going to teach the growth track today. Ended up doing that. But we talked about discovering your gifts, your strengths, and your ministry. And so we shared a lot of scriptures that we're going to share today. I want to just look at this scripture in 2 Timothy. I love this. But this is a call to worship. This is a call that, that God is calling us to a relationship with Him through redemption of Jesus Christ. How many know you're called to worship? How many believe that you're called to worship? Let me see your hand. Well, I'm not called to be a worship leader. No, that's not what I said. You're called to worship. When God uh, really called, or really, when you were born, really, and God, from the very beginning, God's intent was for all of us to worship Him. I mean, we were called for worship. Aren't you glad today that you may not be able to sing, and, 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 and dogs may howl, and cats screech when you sing, but you're called to worship. <laughs> Amen. How many believe that? Amen. That's a call of God on your life. When God calls you, it's a call to worship. 
That's the heart of ministry, really. It's not to have a title or position, to stand behind a pulpit. That's not a heart of ministry. The heart of ministry is the call to worship. How many believe that? Amen. And so because this is really the primary reason God calls us, this is also the priority of ministry in our lives. The relationship with Him. The daily relationship with Him. That daily fellowship with the Lord. That is a call to worship. How many believe that every day you get up, God calls you to worship? Yes, He does. Oh, well, I I don't do that in the morning. I, I usually don't have any time. I usually do it at night. But I didn't say in the morning. I just said when you wake up, it starts. The call to worship all day. From the time that you wake up to the time that you lay your head down. And if sometimes you've been having trouble to sleep. You wake up a couple times in the middle of the night. doesn't matter. You're saying, Lord, I'm responding to the call to worship. Today I have a call to worship. How many believe that? Amen. And so that's the primary reason God calls us. He calls us for worship. He called you and I to worship Him. Amen. You see, He's kind of got an attitude problem. He thinks He's God. <laughs> and He loves worship. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. He loves worship. He loves when creation worships him. He loves it when, amen, he looks out on the summer day in uh, uh, central Pennsylvania and the trees, as the Bible says in Proverbs, are clapping their hands. Amen. And the, and the birds are singing and the grass is growing and the rain comes down. That's all a call to worship. That's all creation worshiping him. How do you know we can't do any less? Amen. Because we are his creation we're called to worship him I love that amen and so that's really the first heart of worship you got to realize that you're called to worship him I want to go back to the scripture in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 I love this this is amazing and you missed this I want you to read this again but he said this that he has called us by his own purpose and grace he has own purpose and grace how many know grace is because of love that's what it means by grace because of love Why did God call me? I have no idea. (laughs) Because of love. That's all I can say. We didn't deserve it. There's nothing I could do to deserve the grace of God. Come on, somebody. There's nothing that you could ever do that will match the grace of God in your life. He just loves you. The the old uh, uh, prophet said, amen, to the nation of Israel, it's not because you're so special. It's not because you're greater than any other nation. It's simply because God set his love upon you. How many feel that today and are thankful for that? Lord, not anything special because of me. It's just by your grace. It's just, it's not my personality. It's not my abilities. It's just grace. Come on, somebody, amen. It's by grace, because of love. Peter said this. I like when Peter referred to this. He said that he called us to his glory and virtue. I love that. He called us by his own purpose and his own grace. See, God calls you not according to your, your, your status and uh, by your personality and your giftings and, and all these things that you could give him. He doesn't call you by those things. He calls you because of grace. <laughs> just because he loves you. Did you ever just wake up and say, Lord, thank you, you love me. I know that I'm not doing this. I know I need to do that. I know that. I know all those things. But have you ever just stopped and said, Lord, thank you for loving me. I don't know why you do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't even know what started you on this course to love me. But Lord, thank you that you love me. Come on. Amen. And you know, the Lord talked to uh, the nation of Israel and he said, you know, you're like this relationship where, you know, we're we're, kind of together and then your heart's over here and then I've got to deal with you and bring you back and then you wander again. And, and, you know, I mean, how, how would we feel if we were the Lord in that situation? But you know what the Lord said to that nation? He said, I loved you with an everlasting love. That's never going to change. My dealings may change. My blessing may change. But my love is never going to change. Amen. 
And so I had to say that because we've got to get this in our hearts, that ministry is this call to worship, and our call to worship is because of His own purpose and His own grace. Amen. I love that revelation that Paul was passing down to Timothy. And he said, Timothy, it's not your good looks, and it's not your charm, and it's not your charisma. It's not your preaching ability. It is just His own purpose and His own grace. Amen. John 15, Jesus declared that you did not choose me, I chose you. Why in the world would you choose me? Why would you do that, Lord? Just because I love you. Just because of my love. Just because of my grace. I like to say this, and I want to just kind of make this point today, that it's by grace for glory. It's by His grace for His glory. So we're called by grace, chosen for His glory. How many have ever come to that revelation? Lord, I, I believe that I have been chosen and called by Your grace for Your glory. Amen? Come on, you've been called today by His grace for His glory. So you're called and chosen of the Lord by His grace, by His own purpose. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, just a few verses down, it says, He said, I thank Jesus Christ, my Savior, who hath enabled me, that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I didn't put myself there. God put me there. God called me to the ministry. He said, well... I mean, you know, yeah, he's the Apostle Paul. No, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is he put me, because of his grace, because of his own purpose, he put me here. <laughs> he opened the door for me. He created this ministry for me. Come on. He called me to this ministry because of his own purpose and grace. And I like that phrase, you're chosen by him. I, I mean, that, that concept is just mind-blowing. You're chosen by him. In Psalms 139, you know, the Lord spoke to David and he gave him a revelation. He said, while you were in your mother's womb, I chose you. <laughs> I formed you. I fashioned you. I gave you a purpose. I called you by name. And Isaiah, he told him when Isaiah was still a young man, he said, oh, by the way, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you. When Jeremiah was 16 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, yes, when you were in your mother's womb, even before you were born, I called you and I chose you to be a prophet. To the nations. Amen. Your calling was in place before your conception. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I love that. You're chosen by Him. You're set apart. You're, you're hand-picked by God. You're directly picked by God. I know some of you are thinking that, yeah, my ministry is pretty outstanding. I'm one of the greatest here in the church. No, that's not what it means. Amen. But when you have the revelation that God loves all seven billion people, and God, amen, sent his son to die for all seven billion people. Amen. When you realize that God has called every person to salvation, when you realize that God has a ministry for everyone in the church, come on, you'll sing a different tune. You'll begin to think different and pray different and live different because you realize I've been chosen by God. Amen. And so we're chosen and called by God. And, and in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, I like this, what Paul said. He said, but when it pleased God, when I'm pleasing the Lord, when I'm doing the ministry that he called me to, and he said, and he called to account, he said, he separated me from my mother's womb. He had this revelation that he called me by his grace. I mean, even before I was born, he knew me. And before I was born, he called me to this. And I'm the only Paul that he knows in that way, that he, that he knows me intimately. And he called me and chose me. Think about it. I mean, some of us have go around and we kind of stick our chest out and come to church and say, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, you realize that there's a whole room full of people that are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
There's a whole community of people that are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a whole world full of people that are called by God, that are God's ministers in the earth and have a ministry by God. Amen. 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 It made me feel so good that I felt like, you know, when I was young, I felt like, okay, I've been called to this amazing ministry and I'm going to be this special agent for Jesus and I'm so unique and I'm so different. And then I realized that God's called all 7 billion people. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Amen. And you kind of got a little bit more humble. But isn't that humbling to know that God has called me before the foundation of the world, before time began, before I was born, God called me to be saved. God called me to know him. God called me to worship. God said, man, this is what I want in your life. Before this, this title and this position and every concept you have of ministry, you're called to worship. <laughs> Amen. I love that about the Lord. And so he calls us, <coughs> excuse me, as the Bible says, he calls us to his purpose. He calls us to his purpose. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, very familiar passage of Scripture, it said this, and he declares that you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. I mean, man, if Paul the Apostle said that to you, you'd feel pretty good about yourself, right? But he's talking to the whole church. And he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Amen. How many know some Christians are pretty peculiar, right? Amen. Not, not weird and strange, but what he means is we're a group of people that belong to one person for one cause. Amen. For glory and for virtue. We're, we're called by God for his purposes, for his glory. Amen. We are that chosen generation. Amen. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Being chosen for ministry simply means that you're chosen for his purposes and his ministry. It's not your ministry. It's his ministry. It's not something that you designed. He designed it. In fact, you weren't even here when God designed the ministry he has for you. You weren't even born. You weren't even around. Come on. None of us were. And I just want to, I know I'm belating that point, but I want to put that in your heart today, in your spirit, because of his purposes that he called us. Amen. And I love this about Jesus, that when Jesus came to the earth and to be that great high priest, he fulfilled his ministry. And then the Holy Spirit was given so that we could continue on the ministry of Jesus in our world. And I love that. And so I want to just, just share with you a few things that the purposes of God are. Um, really, according to Scripture, His purposes are, and I really didn't plan it this way. This is as I read the Scriptures. I saw this, and you know how I preach, and you know how I like uh, I like the four C's. I like the three D's. I like the H's and things like that. But I'm just going to share you a few things from Scripture. So His purposes are this. Number one, the purposes of God are holy. In, in 2 Timothy, as we read, it says that He called us with a holy calling. How many know this is a holy calling? This isn't something that we should take lightly. This is holy. This is from God Himself. And how many know God's holy? This is, this is a sanctified calling. This is a holy calling. This is also, the purpose of God are also high. Did you know that? They're high calling. In Philippians, Paul said this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And number three, they're heavenly. The calling of God is heavenly. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Brothers, you are partakers of the heavenly calling. Wow, this is something that's not just here on the earth, but this is eternal. This is heavenly. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says that we're to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life where you were called. This is why you were called for eternal life. And then finally, um, it says, that, and, and, and as, as he's writing, he says, not just is it holy, not just is it high, not just is it heavenly, but it is also hopeful. 
The call of God is our hope in Jesus Christ. How many believe that? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus. He opens his letter by praying for them. And he says that the eyes of your understanding will be open, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the church, in the saints. How many of you know you're going to find hope in the calling of God in the church? Amen. As you minister as the body of Christ, as you minister as a believer to other believers and to other people that don't know the Lord, you didn't know this, but you're moving in the hope of the call of God. You're actually, there's hope in God's calling. How many, I mean, ever felt like, what's my life, where am my life going? What am I doing? What, what should I do next? I mean, what, what does God have for me? How many know there's hope in God's calling? There's never a time that God calls you to something that he leaves you hopeless and desperate and destitute and without a call. Amen? That's the hope of God's calling, that there always is a call in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's always work to do. There's always people to minister to. There's always something God has for you. How many believe that? This is the hope of the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. Not that someday uh, I'll come into this huge ministry. Someday my name will be known. Someday people are going to know who I am. Come on. How many know that's not the spirit of Jesus? The spirit of Jesus just said, you know what? At 12 years old, I know God's got a call in my life and I'm going to chase it down. And I know that it's right now and right here. Amen. So not only is the call of God um, really for his purpose, but I love this about the, the call of God. I love how God calls people. And talked about the, the Bible figures. I just want to tell you this, that God calls, calls all of us really in our imperfection, in our brokenness, brokenness and our weakness. <laughs> right where we're the weakest, right where we're the most broken, right where we're the most imperfect, God calls us. Hello. Hello. I mean, we all read Hebrews chapter 11 as, wow, the heroes of faith. Have you ever read about their lives? Their, the imperfection that was in their life? Come on, the weakness that was in their life? Even Paul said, man, I, in my weakness, I've got weakness. Amen. And in my brokenness. How many know in our brokenness, Jesus can be glorified? And he calls us in that. He calls us despite of that. He calls us in spite of that. He calls us saying, you know what? I know that you're imperfect. I know that you're broken. I know that you have weaknesses. I'm still calling you. We're the heavenly calling. <laughs> I love that about the Lord. Lord, I need to get ready. I need to get prepared. I, I mean, I, I gotta get, I've got to go this. I've got to learn all this stuff. I've got to get all right with you and, and get my life together. And then I'll walk in the call of God. No, he meets us right where we are. And he says, I'm going to call you right in your imperfection. I'm going to use you in your brokenness. I'm going to use you in your weakness. I love that about the Lord. And let me just go through a, a few people in the Bible and describe uh, how God used them in their imperfections. Abraham was old. Right? Elijah was suicidal. Jo uh, uh, Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Come on. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Jesus three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples fell asleep while they were praying. Come on. And Paul the Apostle was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians. I mean, no, God calls you in your weakness. God calls you in your imperfection. God calls you in your brokenness. And he says, I'm going to use you as a vessel of honor. Amen. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And sometimes it's the Lord, why would you use someone like me who's a crackpot? 
But how many know God uses broken vessels sometimes? God uses the brokenness in our life. God uses those things and calls us in the midst of that. I love that. In fact, Paul said about his conversion, he said this, when Apollos was met with the Lord and said, go and join yourself to Paul, this is what the Lord spoke about Paul. He said, the Lord said to Apollos, he said, go get him, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings before the children of Israel. This was a murderer. This was a guy who was persecuting Christians. This was a guy who took pleasure in it. <laughs> Think about it. He said, go get him. He's a vessel for me. He's a vessel of honor. I mean, we would look at the Apostle Paul at that moment and said, you know what? If that guy drops dead, he would do everybody a favor. And yet God's calling him a vessel of honor, a vessel I'm going to use, a vessel I'm going to flow through because God calls us in our imperfection, in our weakness, and our brokenness. In fact, Jesus called the 12, the, the disciples. Did you realize that Jesus started his whole ministry with people were, that were not of the priestly natural order? That was unheard of. I'm going to, he said, I'm going to give you the kingdom. These people weren't of the priestly order. They didn't deserve the kingdom. How I many know God used a bunch of broken fishermen and tax collectors and, come on, people who were afraid, people who had hate and prejudice in their heart? God called them. So I'm going to turn the world upside down with these 12. Wow. And I love this about the Lord that He qualifies the called. He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified, He, he calls. He qualifies the called. Is that right? And when God calls you, he said, you know what? I'm going to do something about your condition. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to qualify you for my ministry. I'm going to get you ready like Joseph. I'm going to take you on a journey for the ministry that I have for you. I'm going to, I'm going to do something in your life. And I love that revelation that Paul had. He said that it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How many believe that God's working in your life to give you the will to, the want to, and the how to of what he wants you to do? Amen? So he qualifies the called. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, he says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world. He's talking about people, by the way. The lowly things of the world and despise things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Verse 29, so that no one may boast in himself. Why? Because it's about his glory. It's about his virtue. It's about his purpose and it's about his grace. Can, can you say Amen. It's about His purpose and about His grace. And I love that about the Lord. And I also know that not only does He qualify the called, but He empowers and anoints those that He calls. He really does. He, he empowers us. Because we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own... Uh, remember when the apostles were called before um, the, the, the ruler there and they were arrested and for, for healing a man? Do you remember that story? The gate beautiful... And, and they really kind of persecuted him a little bit and, and said, don't preach in the name of Jesus. And, you know, one of the things that the apostle said is, this man stands before you whole, not by our own holiness, but by the power of God. They recognize we're smart enough to understand that it's not about our power. It's not about our ability. It's about God's. Amen. Come on. This, this guy is healed not because of us. It's because of God. And so if you're going to get mad at anybody, get mad at him. <laughs> Why? Because it's His abilities, it's His grace, it's His purpose, it's His power. The Lord empowers those He calls. In Ephesians chapter 1, especially in verse 4, He says, According as He hath chosen us 
in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose us. He empowered us. He's going to give us the wisdom. He's going to give us the, the instruction. He's going to give us the patience and, the, and all the characteristics that we need to walk in his call. But again, we have this idea, this Western thinking and this kind of Americanized version of the call of God. We think that it is about a position or a title. It's not. It's about the ministry that God has for you. It's about the giftings that he's giving you to fulfill that call and that ministry. It's every single one of us, none of us today are excluded from this message. None of us are privileged because of this message. All of us have to realize that the, the last thing I want to share with you is that this call is a call to all. This call is a call to all. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, I've heard this uh, story many times in this account, and also in chapter 22, Jesus repeats this twice. And he says this, he tells this story, and he goes into his parables, and, he tells, and this is the statement he makes, and he says, So the last will be first. And the first, last. How many have said that to your kids who butted in line? Right? In the dinner table, made them go last. The last shall be first, the first, last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Many people are invited, few are accept. Few people accept. He gave a couple of illustrations and stories, but these two parables that he shared that Jesus talks about really have the same meaning. Both are talking about receiving Jesus as the Messiah and Savior. Both are talking specifically to the Jewish people that they were called. They were the ones that God had called through Abraham. They were the ones that were chosen by God. They were the ones that really God said, I'm going to move through your nation. I'm going to use your nation and your people group to bring the Messiah. And yet when Jesus came to the, to the earth, he, what did we find himself? He said, he came and he said, I, he came to the, to the Jewish people to call them to repentance. Even though they were God's people, they still needed to be saved. They still needed the redemption of God. And so the Bible makes it clear that many times Jesus said, I've called you and you refused. You, you've, you've stoned the prophets, you, you've cursed and, and all these things. You rejected the Son of Man, you rejected me. Now I'm turning to the Gentiles because many were called, but few chose. So how many know God calls everybody? God calls everybody, but not everybody makes that choice. Come on, that's what he's saying. He's not saying, this isn't about leadership or ministry. This is about salvation through Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse, as we read that scripture, verse 8 and 28 and 30, it says that you've been predestined, you've been called, you've been justified, you've been glorified. Now, you read that scripture and you have to understand that some of it's talking about your past, before you were saved, now that you're saved, and in the future. How many know you're not yet glorified? Come on, so we can say that. But you've been predestined before you were born again. You were called to be saved. Before you even knew that there was a, anything about church, about God, even when you were young, you didn't know anything, you were still called by God. How many know God calls every person to be saved? Everyone is called to salvation. Everyone is called. In fact, the Bible teaches us in chapter in Acts, in chapter 2 especially, it says that salvation, water baptism, and the fire of the Holy Spirit are for all that God will call to salvation. How many know God is calling every man to salvation? Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. How many believe that God is drawing everyone to himself? Some people believe that that word predestined simply means that, that, well, if you're lucky, you'll go to heaven. In the end, 
we don't really know who's saved and who's not, but maybe someday you are the one who's saved. Nobody knows. How many know that's cruel and that's discouraging? God would never do that to us. There's no assurance there. There's no confidence there. And how many know the gospel is all about assurance and all about confidence? That when I lay my uh, uh, head down for the last time and breathe my last breath, I'm going to be present with Jesus Christ in heaven. Amen. That's the hope of the gospel. Amen. And to to say that you are predestined and called by God, but you may not make it. Amen. Come on. Even if you're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, you still might not make it. How many know God's not cruel? God doesn't play those kind of games. How would you live a life of discouragement? I I don't know about you, but that's just hopelessness. And I don't believe the Lord means that. Amen? I don't believe Paul meant that in Romans chapter 8. I believe that before you were saved, now that you're saved, and after after you died, that's what he's talking about. That God did call you to salvation. That God has called every person to salvation. Amen? There's a call to all. In Romans chapter 1, I love this, in verse 5, 6, and 7, he makes it clear. He says that by whom or by God... We have received grace and apostleship. Now he's talking to the the, the church there. And he says, you have received grace and apostleship. God has called you to salvation. You have received it. Then he says, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ. So in other words, he goes and he says, all of us who have been called, all of us who are saved have been called before. And then he opens up in verse 7. He says, to all that be in Rome called to be saints. To all that are in Rome are called to be saints. To all that live in Williamsport are called to be saints. To all that live in Pennsylvania are called to be saints. To all that live in America and in the greater parts of the universe are called to be saints. And then he says it again to the church at Corinth and he says you're called to be saints. Well, all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus, you're called to be saved. Aren't you glad that, amen, God didn't say it's just for a certain class of people. It's only for those that, you know, they do this and do this and do this. Aren't you glad for that? That the Bible declares that whosoever will believe, whosoever will confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, will be saved. Amen. This is really, really the call to worship. And then it opens up the call to fellowship and the call to work. And this is what Jesus was all passionate about. This is what he was so driven by, that everybody needs to be saved. Everybody needs to hear about Jesus. You know, I just, I don't know how I did it, but I I, I don't know. I was on YouTube and I just skipped over. And I remember this this, uh, radio program. I was old enough that we used to listen to the radio and children's, they had children's programming on the radio on Sunday mornings. And we would listen to Ranger Bell and and, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Charlie. I don't know if you remember Uncle Charlie. And he passed away a few years ago. And uh, then we listened to one called Aunt B, Aunt Bertha. And, and, you know, and she had the song called Boys and Girls for Jesus. How many of you, I don't know if you ever heard that. And that everybody was called to be saved. That we are to witness to all our friends. And that was just a message that I got. And so, you know, I, I believe that that's still the message that needs to be ringing out today in the church. That everyone needs to be saved. Amen. That we, we carry this burden in prayer when we, when we come to the Lord about our neighbors and about our nation and about our city. We, we have this burden that, like Paul did, that all of Jerusalem would be saved. That all the world would be saved. That we would have this passion that drove Jesus to the cross. That he knew that if he would lay his life down, then it was possible for the whole world to be saved. But he needed people, didn't he? He needed you and I to go. And he 
He empowered us to go. And so that's the reality of the gospel. That's the reality of the ministry that God has for us is that He wants us to go and tell everybody, amen, that they're called to be saved and they're called to be in the ministry that Jesus has for them. How do you believe that today? Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Amen. So what is the heart of ministry? The heart of ministry is the call to worship. And the heart of ministry is because of his own purpose and his own grace. You know, one of the things I believe the Apostle Paul had an issue with with the churches is they were constantly measuring each other by false standards and, and kind of competing for who's better and who's more talented, who's more gifted, who's more lofty. Jesus even talks about this. He said this is a temptation in leadership. He said they want to sit in the highest place and they want to blow horns at their fasting. They want to let everybody know. They want to wear robes and let everybody know how holy they are. Amen. But I believe that the Lord is doing a fresh thing in our generation, that He's using the body of Christ. And this revelation that all of us have a ministry and all of us are called by God and chosen by Him to fulfill His ministry for us. Every one of you, and especially young people, I'll never forget as a young man just at youth camp, just hearing uh, Dr. Richard Hilton preach about the purpose of God. That just gripped my heart to know that God had a call on my life, that God cared enough about me, amen, not just to save me, but to give me a purpose. I mean, that's some of the greatest messages that we could preach to somebody that is hopeless, discouraged, and just filled with anxiety and fear today, that God loves you so much, and God called you before you were born, and He gave you a ministry, and He wants you to walk in that through Jesus Christ. Amen. How many know that's very important, isn't it? Amen. So I want to ask you this question. Are you walking in the call of God today? Well, I'm not behind a pulpit. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I can't talk in front of people. No, that's not what we talked about today. What we talked about is a call to worship. Amen. To glorify the Lord with your body. To glorify God. Amen. With, through, you know, for, for His purpose and for His grace. Amen. To, to, to understand that the call of salvation is to spread the gospel. I mean, that's the easiest, isn't it? To worship the Lord, isn't it? How many know God can use you today in ministry. Yeah, so he's going to use you today in ministry. And so I want to ask you that question in closing. Are you walking in the call of God? Are you walking in the ministry that God has for you? Well, let's start out by asking ourselves, are we walking in that call to worship? Are we really giving our lives to the Lord? And we praying and seeking the Lord? And is he first and does have priority in our lives? That's what it means to worship the Lord. How do you know it means to, when we worship the Lord, isn't just getting our praise on in church, but it's just worshiping the Lord 24-7, 365, wherever we are, wherever we go, just worshiping God. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for saving me. Lord, I just worship you today. I was created to worship you, Lord, and this is the ministry that I'm walking in right now. Some of you are in between jobs and maybe you're wondering what the Lord has for you. I want to just draw you back to this original intent of the call to worship. Just begin to say, Lord, I, live, I give my life to you, whatever it is, whatever you want me to do. Lord, I just lay my life down. I just, and some of you are working hard. You're working two or three jobs, working full time, and life is crazy. But how many know you're still walking in the call of God? Amen. And so today, let's just pray and say, Lord, amen, show us how we can, amen, walk in the call of God today. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word just does something. It sparks a fire in my heart, Lord. It just really ignites a flame of passion for you and, Lord, a purpose and destiny, Lord. And, Lord, every time I read, Lord, scriptures that say that you knew me before I was born, I just, 
I, there's just this fire that begins to burn in my heart, Lord, that this insatiable desire to walk in what you have for me. This, Lord, this need, Lord, that I want to know, Lord, the call of God in my life. But, Lord, it also is very satisfying to know that I'm called to worship. And I can do that every day. I don't need to, to stand behind a pulpit to worship you. I don't need to stand behind a pulpit to fulfill my ministry, Lord. Lord, my ministry is ministering to you every day in worship. And so, Lord, I thank you today that you're calling us to walk in this ministry of worship today. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we just thank you for what you're doing in the city, through all the churches and all the pastors and all the leaders and all the ministers, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that as the body of Christ, we're going to effectively reach this community with the gospel. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You know, we, we uh, have a prayer team that's coming. And so if you have a need today, maybe you're sick in your body. We already prayed once, but you know, sometimes you just need somebody to stand with you. They're coming in just a few moments, and we'd like to pray with you about whatever is on your heart and your need today.